catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and tonight I'm joined by Kevin Graham and the Supernaturals keyboardist David Curry. Welcome back to Axon, David. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. So just saying there, yeah, good um, in terms of my personal life, but in terms of football life, it's a different story, isn't it? And I think tonight epitomises that. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. I mean, if, if ever one game showed us the good and the bad and the ugly of Celtic, it was tonight. Kevin... We said at half time, you know, you were a bit disappointed. You tried to pull some positives from the game. Has your, your view changed in the second half? I mean, it was two sublime goals. Yeah, we'll get to the defending in a moment, but two brilliant goals by Milan. It was two good goals by Milan, uh, completely stoppable goals by Milan. Uh, what, I, uh, what I would actually say would be that. Milan went free to up and just sort of started messing about, bringing some young laddies, knowing full well that we weren't going to lay a glove on them. Uh, we didn't lay a glove on them. We showed a bit of spirit. Um, Fring Pong was absolutely fantastic. But that one thing it proved to me, I mean, if you have a look at the European campaign on an absolute whole, even though we've still got a game left, I mean, that's 12 goals we've lost in three games, 17 goals all in in five games that we've lost. Yeah. Utterly shambolic at the back. And for me, this actually, anybody watching that game tonight proves the reason that we need change now. Because there is a team there. 
There is an absolute team there that mm-hmm. needs confidence, that needs organisation and needs decent coaching. There is a decent side there and tonight proved that beyond doubt. I mean, every game you say it sums up Celtic season. It's like we're, we're sitting in a black cave talking to Arane Echo every time that we come on here because it's the same time and time again. But tonight proved we've got a decent squad there and it's time to bring in some that can get the best out of them before it's all too late. No, I'd agree with that. David, uh, we haven't spoken to you since last season, in actual fact. Um, Summarise your your thoughts about where it's going wrong this season. I think um, it's quite hard to put your finger on what what the problem is, but I think the the answer to the question of what is a problem is not quite as important as what do we do about the problem, because I, I think that you know a lot of people will point the finger at Neil Lennon and say, well, this is all his fault. And I think people are quite extreme on their views on it. People either, well, more and more people are very extreme on their views against Neil Lennon and he has to go and he's the problem. I think, as you've kind of commented on before, maybe about 40% of people up until recently were maybe still on Neil Lennon's side. That percentage is diminishing um, with every game that goes by. But whether or not this is all Neil Lennon's fault is sort of, I don't know if it's really that important because there's nothing else you can do at this stage other than replace the manager. He, you can see that the players are letting him down really badly. I totally think they are. I think they have been letting him down over a, over a period of months now. But you can't change all the players. The only thing you can do to try something new is change the manager. And I think, yeah. I think almost everybody now um, must agree that something has to change and you can't change the players. So let's change the manager. Absolutely. I mean, I've found some interesting points coming out from Chris Sutton during that game, I, mo- I must say, because some of them are echoing what we are saying time and time again. Kevin, you've uh, likened us to be in a, um, a darkened cave. I think that uh, the Celtic board must be in an echo chamber because they're not listening to us. They're not listening, and, and by us, I mean Celtic supporters. They seem to be the only one that have a different view on the situation. Now, when we're looking at that first goal, four minutes into the second half Kevin you're looking for the kind of same start to the second half half as you had in the first well like you said they're showing us all the good sides to what what Celtic can actually do Um, and because of the fact that there's no crowd there you could actually hear Neil Lennon shouting too easy he's shouting at his defenders that was too easy we're letting the goals in too easy now I did make the point in the first half that we're playing with two converted midfielders Kevin you'll give me that because they are two converted midfielders and when you look at Beaton, some of his defensive play was excellent, but it's quite clear to me that we don't have that defensive structure from goalkeeper to the two centre-halves, where we've got an understanding, where we've got um, a solidity that you know we've, we've kind of relied on. Last season, I think we did have an element of that with Julien and Ayer, but they've rarely played a couple of games together this season. Now, we're talking about um, what the squad still has, Kevin. Uh, we're also hearing from Neil Lennon that they're planning transfer in January uh, centre half and goalkeeper is that your your priority? You've got that, I, I, not that I'm not too sure about a centre half I'm really not too sure about a centre half goalkeeper well it looks like that man shot he looks like a rabbit got in headlights yeah he does um, it doesn't look like he's going to make a save um, I mean you have, a, you have a look at the two goals that we lost the guy Horgan who had a great setting half completely owned the uh, our right hand side, the whole of that, uh, the whole of that setting half. The first goal, there's three, there's three players round about him. Mm. You've got El Hamed, McGregor, 
and Frimpong are all there and all should have stopped him. The, the, the fourth goal there, I mean, Alhamed has got a whole foot on the ball and he still manages to loss it. Hey, that's just poor defending. That's poor organisation. Yeah, I mean, the guy shouldn't be standing on the touchline and be able to get for the touchline into the box and get a shot away. That's not just the defence's fault. That's the organisation of the whole team's fault that he's managed to do that. And it wasn't even as if it was like a, a transition. It wasn't even even, even as, as if we had got caught on the break. I mean, what I will say, though, our problems were summed up there. We were 4-2 down a minute into injury time. It, it focused on Neil Lennon telling the team to get up because we had, we had a free kick. The ball was whipped into the box. They broke. It was three against one. 90-second minutes and we're 4-2 down. What manager would tell their team, I just go up when, you, when you're in the 90-second minute and two goals down? Neil Francis Lennon, by all accounts. Um, I have written a few positives. I mean, I take your point, El Hamid. We've seen that quite a few times this season. He's so assured on the ball, Kevin. You see it, David, when he's got the ball and he's even whipping in crosses, some good interplay with Frimpong, he looks so assured. But sometimes the basics at the back seem beyond him. Um, I mean, is it a case of some tweaking with the squad in January, but get a new management team in ASAP? Well, it's it's hard to know whether the problem is with the with the players or not. I mean, I think as we saw under under different management, you can get a manager that comes in and brings out things in players that you never knew were there. And you saw players having a whole new lease of life under Brendan Rodgers and Scott Brown was an example of that. I mean, even before Brendan Rodgers came in, you had people saying, oh, Scott Brown's finished, he's done. A good coach comes in and you get a lot more out of him. So it could be the case that a new coach comes in and we don't need any we don't need a, a wholesale change of the playing staff. It could just be a new a new focus, a new motivation, some new ideas could really brighten up the, the squad and, and buck up their ideas. Um but having said that, I do think that if if we get the chance to bring in a couple of new players, then then we should and the focus has to be on the defence because I think all the way across the, the defence, there's, there's issues just now and we're just all comfortable with the back and, and I'm including the goalkeeper on that as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've not had the opportunity, David, to ask you. Everybody has an opinion on where we go from here in terms of the management. I think the worst thing you can do is just uh, continue as is. That was some of the kind of uh, the message that was coming out of Celtic Park this week. We're going to stick with Lenny. We're now looking at two wins in 11. Some startle out there might be able to tell me um, an equivalent bad run in the history of the club, but you're probably going to go back generations until you see such a bad run. It's dreadful. um, have you any ideas yourself? Is there anybody that you've heard and you think that might be a good move on an interim basis or even more longer term? There's there's no one candidate that, that sticks out as being that, so that's the man for the job. And I think, um, I think as, as has been commented before on this show, it doesn't matter what name you throw into the, the hat. Every, there's going to be so many people going to shoot that name down for, for various different reasons. You've got a full spectrum of, of, of different types of managers that have been um, suggested from you know old Celtic managers coming back into as a safe pair of hands to maybe uh, somebody with fresher, newer ideas like an Eddie Howe or something like that or somebody who'd be considered an, an elite level manager like Rafa Benitez coming in and no matter what name you can mention, there's going to be people who say, yeah, that's who we want. And there's going to be a lot, a lot of people that say, no, that's the totally wrong thing to do. So I think that I, I almost at this point think that who we get in is not as important as the fact that we just get someone in. Because the way it's ha- the way things are panning out just now, it's not working. 
and we know that it's not working. We don't know what will happen if we bring in a new manager, but it might get better. So I think we know it's not working now, so we need to change it. And if it, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, at least we tried. We brought someone else in. We brought in some different ideas. If it doesn't work out, well, at least we tried. If we don't do anything, then it's, it's sort of on our heads, be it on Celtic's heads, be it that they just let the rot fester and didn't do anything about it. Oh, definitely. I think you're right. I mean, a change is positive. Uh, sitting back and hoping that somehow this malaise... Uh, stops at some point in the season that I think is almost criminal and negligent um, the comment coming through is on the evidence of, of that performance or any of the performances we've seen recently uh, do we really look as though we've got enough um, with regards to the players, their motivation the, the coaching and management team to win every single game including the game against Rangers, absolutely no chance of that and there's other uh, messages coming through via Twitter, Facebook and uh, YouTube Tom McCraig, CSE couldn't make a goalkeeper out of Bain or Barkas absolutely horrendous and then coming in from Facebook defence has no confidence because the goalkeepers aren't good enough one thing Kevin that Big Foster gave us was confidence at the back you know and you could tell that he was uh, organising his defence you know it's one of these things at the moment where we're looking back it's great with hindsight I mean we bring in a goalie for four and a half from AEK Athens Uh, we allow Craig Gordon to go back to Hearts I'm not saying he was the answer but you know even as a stop gap until we got the right man in. Barkas doesn't look as though he's ever going to establish himself here. He doesn't know. It's been a really, really dodgy start for him and he's came in at a really dodgy time and I've said for weeks that I don't think the goalkeeper is the problem. I think there's it's organisation in front of him that's the absolute problem. I think defensively we're far, far too open and it doesn't look like it's going to get sorted. It doesn't look like it's going to get sorted. I mean, I mean tonight I, we, showed a bit of, we showed a bit of character tonight. We showed a bit of spirit. But basically it was nothing. As soon as Milan went three two three two up, they knew they had the game won. Went down second gear and just started messing about. Kev, really st- aye. I, I would even say as soon as uh, Milan pulled a goal back after twenty three minutes, they they knew that they were going to win the game. Seriously, I'm looking at. I think aye. I knew that they were going to win the game. You know that that's where we are. We're resigned to that level of failure. And the Celtic supporters uh, after this this period of domination that that really is testament to how poor we are at the minute. I think we need to actually think about it. This was four two, right? We lost four goals without, without reply. Mm-hmm. So basically, we lost. If, if we hadn't, this is going to sound really, really obvious. But if we had lost that game four nothing, we'd be we would be here absolutely gone mental. But the fact is, it's four two. But we still lost four goals without reply, and didn't it look like scoring after we went two nothing up? After we went two nothing up, we didn't look like scoring. After that, and that is, and yes, Milan are probably the best team that we're going to face all of this season. But the way that we've lost that game is the problem, not the fight in the squad. The way that we lost that game is organisational. There is a team in that squad, and we need somebody to bring it out. No, I, I do agree with that. There's some comments coming through. I was quite um, praising of Scott Brown in the first half. Jerry Ramsey reckons he's too old and slow. I think what happened with Scott Brown in the second half, he ran out of legs. You could see when he got booked uh, and he got hooked right after. He was tiring at that point. It was the same with Rodgick. You know, Rodgick's last act was to get booked. Um, Scott Brown was exactly the same. They were tiring. And it was really, you know, it's, again, I could go back to the manager and say, well, you've got to identify that Scott Brown, um, at the point that he comes off in 70, five minutes has probably played 20 minutes too long I mean 
Do you subscribe to that, David? The fact that he's too old or too slow, or can he just be used better? It's it's a hard one because I think we've, as just I said before, we've we've sort of been here before with Scott Brown, where people thought he's passed it, he's finished, and then we get you know a you know a few really good seasons out of him after all those criticisms. So it's it's just hard to to figure out whether you know he needs to he needs a proper rest now. He's he's been played too much and he can't keep up the pace anymore, or. Does he just need a new coach, someone that's going to come in and motivate him to, to be the best that he, he can be? Maybe he's just not shown us what he's capable of anymore. And a new, a new manager with new ideas can bring that out in him. It's, it's a difficult one. But I think while Neil Lennon's there, and, and until in such time that we get a new manager, if we get a new manager, then I, I think that you know we need to look at other ideas in the middle of the park because it does look as if he's run out of steam. And I think when you've got, I know there's been questions about Turnbull as to whether or not is he, is he available, is he still in isolation or incubation, mm. as we were saying earlier. <laughs> um, but I don't know what, what the case is, but I think that why are we signing players like that if we're not going to give them a shot? You see Sorrow coming on today, and I thought one of the highlights that came out of today's game, it wasn't on the park very long, but I think what he did was was really good. Sorrow, he looked sharp. He had a really good, nice through ball to Laxart, which could have created a goal. It looked a really promising yeah. attack, that one, and that was created by Sorrow. Um, why why wasn't he not starting today? This game wasn't a must-win for us. It was a game where I think everybody thought we're going to see some fresh faces. Why, why did we not give people like that a, a chance? Um, because a game against St. Johnson, which is the next game coming up, is going to be a bit more risky to give new faces and fresh faces a chance. So I feel as if today was the an opportunity to do that and we've not done it. Ideal opportunity, I agree with that. And when you're looking at the St Johnson game, um, that's not when you want to start bleeding uh, players in, fringe players in. Um, if there was an opportunity then tonight, was that was Neil Lennon really just hoping that we wouldn't go out and be completely trounced? I mean, 4 2 is not a great result, Kevin. But obviously, the, the first 20 minutes of that game uh, made the, the scoreline seem even more convinced than it perhaps was. Jason Tobin, uh, Sunday will be much more of the same if this man isn't removed. I actually can't see any change happening between now and Sunday, Kevin. Does tonight's result? change anything in terms of the board's outlook on who is in charge at the club? It won't, but it should have a bearing on it. It really should just the manner that we lost the game. Um, I know, thinking back, we had a couple of chances. Uh, Christie's free kick, uh, Frank Pong should have got a shot away in the box, but they're all half chances. Um, I mean, what's a, that game, that game, when, as you say, when Milan scored, that game went the way we probably all expected. A comfortable, a comfortable AC Milan won because it was a comfortable AC Milan win in the end. And the game probably went the way that Milan wanted it to go as well. They got a runabout, hardly taxing, and they're, uh, they're fine for Sunday. It should, the manner of, the manner of the defeat should actually play a part in any decision, but it won't. I think it's been made quite clear that they won't change. They believe Neil has the. They believe Neil has the 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 goodwill in the bank with them anyway to turn it round. I can't see it. I can't see him turning it round. But I've got hope when I see parts of that performance tonight and the fight in the team. There's just no organisation there. The Celtic board were at a point where. Guys, guys and lassies, we laddies, we wee boys or girls will ken this. When your wee laddies walking along a wall, 
and he's jumping and he's doing star jumps and he's walk hopping on one leg and stuff like that. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, and you're telling them, stop that because you're going to fall off and hurt yourself. Stop that, you're going to fall off and hurt yourself. Well, he's fell off now and there's a big dog going to come and bite him. We need to stop that big dog coming to bite the wee laddie. That, 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 that's where we are now. Right, and for all our listeners in Singapore, could you explain what a big dog is, Kev? Uh, Paul Cockwell, uh, a resident Hibs fan, is back. Welcome back, Paul. Don't think Celtic were too bad. Think they were really good. Now, there were elements of the performance, and we can't ignore it, that, um, as Kevin says, it gives you a wee bit of hope. I mean, in terms of Alex Salt, and I know he's only in on loan, but his ball-winning ability is absolutely unrivaled in that Celtic side. That leg comes out of nowhere. I mean, he has been a high point. I think he's had a few kind of quieter games recently, but I thought Laxalt had a particularly good game tonight. David, what's your thoughts? Um, I think Laxalt obviously came in with a great reputation, and I think to for the most part he's he's lived up to that. And I think tonight he was, you know, another sort of positive. He looked as if he was comfortable in the game more so than than some other players. And I think that. Um, when we've got players like that in the team, why are we not doing better? I mean, that, that's that's the real frustration of it. We've got some talent there, as, as Kevin says as well. We've got a good, what I think is a, is a good team there, and we're just not being managed properly. And I think that if we can continue to get the best out of Axel and, and find some way to get the best out of the rest of the players, we'll, we'll be in a much better position. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Kevin, you were giving us an analogy about kids getting bitten by a dog after falling off a wall. Um, can you see the, the opposite happening? Can you actually see, I can't, I've got to say, can you see Neil Lennon resigning? Um, will it get to the point where he feels that no matter what he tries, no matter what team or formation or shape that he tries, we continually um, go down this route of defeat after defeat after draw and occasionally winning a game? Do you think he's going to look at it from the perspective of a professional pride and say, I don't want to be the guy that can't turn this round. Someone else needs to come in and energise. What he must believe is a, is a strong squad as well. Uh, of course not. He's not going to walk away. Uh, Whether I walked away, I hate using that term. Uh, he's, he's not going to leave. Uh, he's already made that quite clear. He believes he's a man to turn it round. He believes he should get a chance to turn it round. And in some ways, that's utterly admirable for him that he's still got that belief. It maybe means that the, the dressing room is still behind him, even after the Scott Brown hostage video. Uh, it's he's he's not going he's not going to walk away. He is not going to resign. I think he's made that very very clear. Um, the, he's going to need to come. There's going to be he, if he's going to leave. There's going to be some agreement. I really do believe that we've got to a point here that nothing will happen until after the cup final. I really do believe that. I really do believe there's a sentimental vote going on here, and the board are going to give him a chance to win the treble, and still believe that we'll still be in the title race. 
Well, before I come back to David, uh, just to let Ray Noon know, there's only one Gash, and that's uh, Gash Nesbitt, not El Hamid. But looking at El Hamid, I am very disappointed at his defensive play. I think he's much better going forward. Um, can we get a tune out of him as a defender, David, or are we losing faith in the defenders one by one? A lot of this is basic, fundamental defensive errors. El Hamid is somebody who came in and I was really positive about him at the start. I think he was out injured for a while and he's not really been back to his his, his kind of his good self since since he came back. I think that today in today's game you need to look at El Hamid for the third and fourth goal. I think there was three of them for the third goal. I think it was El Hamid, Frimpong and McGregor who have all been skipped by for that third goal and I think the fourth goal the El Hamid's attempted tackle for that was was, you know, powder puff. It was pathetic. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if there's still a player there or not. In the same boat as, as, as Scott Brown, could could another manager come in and breathe new life into him as well? Because we did see that he's got talent. We, we've when he when he first came into the club, he was playing well, and everyone was very positive about him. That sort of disappeared. But but that's it's not just the case with him. That's that's happened across the board with Celtic players. People are just sort of losing, losing confidence and starting to ask questions of them. Um, so I think um, that there is there is a player there, but it's just. Can we can we bring it out and and it's not been brought out at the moment and um, is Neil Lennon the, the problem? Is he the reason behind that? Maybe I don't know, but let's let's change it and and I'll keep saying that. But I, I feel as if it's the only thing we, we, we it's only way we can answer these questions because um, other we're not going to know if we keep going on the way we are now. Nothing's going to change. No, you're right. And and by the way, that isn't our fault as Celtic supporters because we're seeing a repeat of the, the same mistakes and the same poor performances uh, being set up by the same management team. So although it does sometimes, Kevin, feel like Groundhog Day, it's simply because we're reacting to what we're seeing uh, on the park. And uh, Stephen Kenneth, 88, welcome back. I hope you're doing well. If Lennon says post-match, it wasn't a 4-2 and we were outstanding at times, I'm going to self-combust. So talking about repeating ourselves, it seems as though Lenny repeats his after every game we get the same message Kevin isn't it about time we, the, you know the fans weren't taken for mugs and, and we actually got a bit more honesty out of the players in the gaffer we should but we'll never get it and what football club is what uh, what football club uh, is honest there's no many football clubs on, especially managers when they get a, a microphone stuck in front of their face straight after a defeat. It's they need to be honest. I mean, uh, we we're, we're all here going, what has Neil Lennon done to actually get in the last twelve games or eleven games, whatever it is now? I've actually lost lost count. Um, what has he done in that time to actually save to say that he can turn around? The answer is absolutely hee haw. Absolutely nothing. What, what, what are the board? What are Peter Wall and Dermot Desmond seeing that is any different? I mean, not for one minute do I actually believe that Dermot Desmond saw a riot outside Celtic Park allegedly on a Sunday night and decided I'm going to keep Neil Lennon. That's a load of rubbish. That's just a smokescreen. Is it because they haven't got any plan B? Their plan A is to keep Neil. Just keep it try. As we say, is there no is there no planning? whatsoever it's just it bemuses me I understand that we didn't want to be seen as a knee-jerk club but this is not a knee-jerk reaction we're not a knee-jerk support the stuff that's getting brung up over the last couple of days about Peter Wall's influence on the club Mm. has been spoken about for years yep 
years, even during when we were successful, is just now out in the open with a with a larger with a larger swathe of the support because the results are not going well. No, you're right. Now it, it takes me back to some of the conversations, Kevin, that we've had with some of the old heads in the Celtic support, such as Jim Moore, Willie Wilson, et al. And they were talk, talking about the, the dark old days of the early 90s, whereby every time Celtic showed a bit of promise or signed somebody who looked as though they might be a decent player, that interest and change it disappeared, it dissipated because it all came down to the performances on the park so I can understand when things are going well that there's a vast majority of Celtic fans who don't focus uh, on or the goings on maybe above the management level into the boardroom um, and it has brought it to the fore for a great many Celtic fans but listen now that it's there I think it's out in the open, there's a huge amount of Celtic supporters unhappy with the way uh, the club is being run um, I mean 2 and 11 Kevin, 8 18% win rate in the last 11 games and you know those within the club continually tell us about quadruple trebles continually tell us that we're going for 10 in a row that's the mantra are we going for 10 in a row does it feel to you David that we are genuinely going for 10 in a row this season because it looks as though week after week after week it's getting further and further away from us I think that's I think that's part of the, the problem this season and I think that's the reason that tensions are so high and you're seeing these kind of fierce debates and arguments and disagreements between fans and you're seeing the the protests at Celtic Park because for 10 years we've been talking about 10 in a row when Rangers died everyone's thought well this is a chance we could actually go and win 10 leagues in a row here and people have been continuing to think that way for nine and a half years now and it's come to the final season of that the most important season and things have started to fall apart and it's caused people to panic to some extent and emotions are running high and it doesn't feel as if enough attention has been paid to it by the manager, mm-hmm. by the board, by the players to the, that's becoming of a 10 in a row season. It doesn't, it doesn't feel that way. It feels that way to the fans, but it doesn't look as if it feels that way to the board, to the management and to the players at the moment. And I don't think anybody's really exempt from that. It's, it's from the top to the bottom of the club. There's, there's a problem and it needs to be taken more seriously. This is really important for Celtic Football Club to try and hold on to this 10 in a row. It's what we've wanted for years. It's, it's, very, it's still within grasp. It's not, it's not done yet. We're 11 points behind. We can call it back to five if we win our games in hand. But things have to happen. And I don't want to be too negative about the game today. I mean, I think that all, you know, all things considered, you, you don't expect to go there in any circumstances and, and win. It's not some it's not somewhere where even if we were on a great run of form before this, I don't think you don't expect to go to the, the San Siro and get a result there. But the disappointment um is compounded by the, the results that have led up to it. And I think we need to do something about it because fans are always impatient, I'm always impatient, we're always impatient and uh it just can't. It just can't keep going on like this. No, definitely not. I mean, we're continually, Kevin. We continually analyse it to try and find the reasons why. You know, out of six signings, very few of them are impressing. It looks as though very few of them have actually worked out. Uh, I'm not going to say this one's a flop and that one's a flop. But I was looking at some of the comments about entitlement over the last couple of uh, weeks. I don't think. Um, 
I actually don't think it's down to entitlement. I think it comes down to demands. It comes down to the fact that Celtic support are very demanding, and I think that's a good thing. That's a positive thing because you demand uh, a winning mentality, you demand high standards, and you demand change where you can see that it's necessary. But when I look at some of the new players, in fact, you look at all the new players and where they've come from, do they have that winning mentality? Do they realise what it takes to play for, for Celtic with that demand, with the expectations of the support, whereby every game has to be won, every game. So it doesn't matter if you're playing in Europe or playing in the League Cup. Celtic fans expect uh, every game uh, to be won. There's a demand there, um, and that's the standard. Now, we've brought in six players, which, you know, if they were all playing, it's more than half a team. Um, do they have the winning mentality, Kevin, the new guys that are coming in? That should be hammered into them for the first training session. Eh? Now that should be the manager's job to hammer that into them. You're coming to a club where you're expected to win every single game. They should know that as soon as they step on that training training pitch, that there's a higher level than what they've actually came from. If even losing in training is bad. So mm. there should be an elite level in training and that and the coaching staff have to get that over to these players who have came from diff- different areas all over the world. It should be done in the signing talks, it should be done in the first team talk, it should be done in the first training session and it should be hammered home to them every single game, every single day in training that you need to win every single game. And if it's not, that's the manager's fault and the coaching staff's fault. Yeah, it's a collective responsibility for sure. Now, Richard Murray is commenting on YouTube. Some good points here. There were many good aspects to tonight and it showed we do have a team, like Kevin says, that can compete. But we need it steering by someone else with a different philosophy and a new outlook. I think for spells during that game, we've seen some moments from Eduard. We've seen some passages of play from from McGregor that were promising as well. David, do you think that uh, any change would see an immediate Improvement for some of these players who previously have been talisman for Celtic. I I think that it could. I mean, I think that we know that if there's no change, there isn't going to be an improvement. We know that. If there is a change, there might be an improvement. So do the thing that might lead to an improvement. Don't stick with the thing that's definitely not going to lead to an improvement. And who we bring in, as I say, I'm not sure. I, I think that there'll be a, there's a million different suggestions for this, but I think as as Kevin said, there is there is a team there, and I think tonight there were positives to take out the game. I don't think that I wasn't looking at the team and the performance, thinking that was an embarrassing display. Of course, it's not it's it's not good to lose four goals without reply, but. We were 2 0 up in that game and we're 2 0 going, going 3 or 4 now. We had chances at 2 0 and we could have been further ahead by the time they scored their goal. It was a stupid mistake by Ryan Christie to give away that free kick. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't think he had to make the challenge. If he was going to make a challenge, I don't know why he had to make it in that manner. And then what is what is the keeper doing? What is Barkas doing at that free kick? He seems to set up the wall. He's, he's standing at the side he should be at. And then just before it's it's hit, he takes a step to the right, and which which completely puts him off, and, yeah. then, and then he's rooted. And from there, it was just it was we just kind of um, collapsed a little bit from there. But there were things to take to take positives from. As I said, I think Sorrow was a positive. There was flashes from Edward where you could see him, you know, bits of his, his best coming back there. McGregor, as you say, I thought Frimpong was a great um, inspiration today. I, I think sometimes he's a little bit light in his feet today I thought he looked really comfortable in the game and he caused him a lot of problems so there's a team there there's positives to take out of it um, but we just need to find a way to get the most out of these players Absolutely How long we've had Frimpong? Two seasons now? Is that two seasons? Two, one and a half seasons we've had Frimpong? Yeah That would, would be right 
everybody in the comments, everybody sitting in this wee chat room just now will say he's not a right back. We've seen, we've says that for months now, months now. If you had a, a coaching staff that are willing to develop a player, they would have a look at what Frimpong done in the final third tonight and say, right, he's got that in the final third. We need to work on his final ball. We need to work on his football intelligence when he breaks into that box, when he done that wee twist and put the shot by the post. We've got to work on that. He didn't persist trying to play him as a right back. You, you realise right away, by the way, he's not a right back. You have to actually develop him to be a forward player. And I, I want to see him playing that forward role from now on. I, I never want to see him at right back again. No, Kevin, I, I agree with that. There was a couple of moments actually tonight that if you had the final ball, it, it completely yeah. opened the AC Milan defence up. And they're, they're the margins, aren't they? When, when you're at the San Siro, um, when you're a goal uh, ahead or two goals ahead, that could really completely change uh, the whole face of that game. So you're absolutely right. He does a lot of what he's doing right, but it's always that final ball. Now, just a wee reminder as well that um, a Celtic state of mind are bringing together groups of Celtic fans. Loads of podcasts are involved, Kevin for the quadruple treble Axon weekend that it's all about charity we're aiming to raise a lot of money for four different charities if you want to get involved in sponsoring um, a show because there's going to be 24 different hours and different slots then please contact Kelly and her email address is at the bottom of the page all sponsorship money all donations go to charity not a penny will not go to charity um, and we also have a link in the uh, underneath the video as well Kevin and that will allow people to go in and make a donation now we started pushing for donations just over the last 24 hours I think two and a half grand has come in already which is astonishing uh, so I'm looking forward to it um, we might dial you in if you're free at any point David particularly after it if you've had a few sherries after the Scottish Cup final uh, we might get a few words from you after the game as well but I'll speak to you before then to see if you're up for it yeah that sounds good to me brilliant and uh, even if you want to play a few tunes even better but uh, thank you everybody oh that would be great thank you everybody for getting involved uh, as Kevin calls it the discussion or the chat room Kevin Graham thank you for being on a Celtic State of Mind once again and our very special guest David Curry thanks for joining us on a Celtic State of Mind cheers guys Marketers Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar. Text the word grade to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text grade to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text grade to 323232 right now and get started for just one dollar. Text grade to 323232 now. Text grade to 323232. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network. 